keeps you in the loop on all things pop culture so you can talk about it with your friends. I'm Courtney. I'm Andrew. I'm, Sh- I'm Shannon, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so the gang's all here. So uh, Andrew snuck in. So <laughs> um, yeah, so we're here this week to talk about uh, teen movies of 1999. Some of them. Some of them. There were so many. So many. Like, 1999 was like one of the best years of all time for movies. Um, and so there's been a lot of talk about that this year. So we wanted to just talk about a few of our favorites because we were, you know, young when 1999 came around. And so for me, like the teen movies were where it was at. So yeah. anyway. And a lot of the movies that came out in 99 we're going to need to dedicate separate episodes oh, yeah, to. Oh, sure. There's Matrix, like, Fight Club. Yeah. There's Phantom a whole Menace. bunch. So, yep. Yeah. Those all deserve their own episodes. So we Except figured... Phantom Menace. We're not doing a whole hour on Phantom Menace. I could do two hours on Phantom Menace to be 100% honest with you. I'm going to discourage that. <laughs> but anyway, so we are here to talk about the, the more fluffy kind of movies. Not always fluffy. Ooh, that's rude. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, compared to their teen movies, okay, doesn't mean they don't have substance. Realistically, as much as we love 10 Things I Hate About You or She's All That, like, there's no way that we were ever going to devote complete episodes just to those. So. 10 Things I Hate About You or Shakespeare, Courtney. I know. <laughs> well, I mean. But it doesn't deserve its own thing just for that movie. Yes, but. Okay, <laughs> okay listen, I feel attacked. I was like, no, I mean, explain no, our reasoning no, behind no, no. why we did this. Like, it's. <laughs> Fine. I just. I feel like, like we all collectively agreed on this, and then when I try to explain it, it's just like, "Well, we no. didn't agree on it." I'm just saying that I wouldn't consider I all just, of these to be fluffy. I just, I just don't, I just don't know that we. But I also don't think that we can include a Shakespeare whose soundtrack is mostly by Letters to Cleo to necessarily be like super like involved. Yeah. So, so yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but before we do that, let's talk about some news from the past couple weeks in pop culture. Uh, so the first one I wanted to start with is a little bit on the sad side. It, it's on the sad side. So um, there were two major celebrity deaths in the past week, week and a half, and that was uh, Peter Fonda and uh, Rusty Taylor, who played, who was the voice of Minnie Mouse. So the original voice of Minnie Mouse, right? Right. Well, no, not the original voice of Minnie Mouse because that would have been back in like the '30s. Yeah. I guess. I guess that's possible. I don't know, but she's. I think she's been the voice of Minnie Mouse. Recently? At some point she was. Yeah. Anyway. um, So, yeah. Um, Moving on. We had um, a breakup as well this past week. (laughs) Um, So, Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth have officially broken up. Again. Yay. For me, anyway. I... (laughs) <laughs> just roll my eyes at this and yeah that's about it yeah it's been like a whole thing in celebrity they haven't news. been married that long they had a really dramatic breakup before and then they all of a sudden got back together and got married really suddenly really and nice. now what like eight months later now they're broken up again yeah so, so okay. yeah but the takeaway from this is liam hemsworth is back on the market guys right. so is call me when chris is, is back <laughs> on the market just kidding fair enough they have a lovely family. <laughs> Not break up with any of them. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the. There's there were a couple of trailers that dropped this past week. One which so I'm many personally trailers. really excited for is Little Women. Yay! Yay! I'm so excited. It's gonna be good. What did you think of the trailer, Shannon? Oh my gosh! Can I give my okay? So Lady Bird is my favorite movie that's come out in the last like five years. Mm-hmm. Directed by Greta Gerwig, starring 
Saoirse Ronan, and Timothy Chalamet. This is a movie directed by Greta Gerwig and starring Saoirse Ronan and Timothy Chalamet yeah. in, like, absolute perfect casting. I'm reading Little Women now, and I'm really attached to the 1994 Winona Ryder version, mm-hmm. but Timothy Chalamet is Laurie in yeah. my mind. Like, yeah. that's exactly who I imagine. Oh, so I'm really excited. You and all Christian Bale? No! <laughs> I, I mean, I really, like, I... I'm ticked at Christian Bale because of what he does in that movie, which I guess is how the book goes, but... And Joe breaks his heart first. I don't know. That will forever break my heart. <laughs> Joe and Lori not being together. Spoilers from, like, a 100-year-old wow. book. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, the thing that kind of irritates me a little bit is every time I've tried to bring up... I, like, I posted this trailer on Facebook. I've been very excited for it, like, days before I heard it was rumored to come out. So every day I was searching Little Women trailer, Little Women trailer, yeah. trying to find it. Um, people's initial reaction was like, oh, my gosh, I never knew how badly I wanted Emma Watson to be in Little Women. And I'm like, okay, out of the four sisters, <laughs> the three have much better track records than Emma Watson does. No offense to Emma Watson, who is, like, my ideal Hermione, mm-hmm. has done some great know, acting please. work, but who recently... Like, hasn't done anything that great. Yeah. Um, whereas you have, I don't know, Beth is played by the one who's in um, Sharp Objects and mm. rocked that. Then you have Florence Pugh, who was in Midsummer. It was totally awesome in that. And Saoirse Ronan, who's been nominated for three Oscars yeah. in the short time she's been alive. So, anyway. Is she going to get nominated again for this one, do you think? Yes. It's, it's coming out at about the right time where she could be. Yeah. You think so? It's definitely... Coming out around Christmas, Oscar push, Greta Gerwig was nominated last time. I'm guessing it's going to be a big one. And her partner, Noah Baumbach, also has a film that's really Oscar-y that's coming out. So big chance that you'll get like both of them competing for Best Picture, which Mm -hmm. I love the idea of. So, yeah, that's fun. What did you think, Courtney? Uh, (laughs) I didn't mean to monopolize that. No, I'm just... (laughs) Basically, my prevailing emotion is just like nerdy fangirling just like I'm so excited so I mean that's pretty much the we're both we both write professionally and so <laughs> Joe as a character means a whole lot to me yeah. so yeah for sure uh, yeah yeah I'm excited about it I'm excited also because the trailer makes it look like it's delving into some aspects of these characters that we haven't seen in movie adaptations thus far like the fact that Meg wants to be an actress it's largely glossed over in the 1994 version yeah so but there's also yeah. a part in the trailer where then Emma is saying, like, mm-hmm. just because my dreams aren't the same as yours, Joe, doesn't mean they're not worthwhile. Right. Which I'm I'm super, super excited for, like, because yeah. I, I've always been fascinated by the idea of, like, a woman who has these ambitions for herself, but chooses and happily chooses to give up those ambitions for marriage or for family. Like, those are not invalid choices. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm really excited to see a movie that brings such a nuanced approach to women's roles and choices for their lives. So yeah, yay! Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, Andrew? What did you think? Of <laughs> it looks good. I, I <laughs> sure. Um, I, I just my my older sister was obsessed with Little Women when it came out. She had um, she got the poster, but like the movie size poster. I mean, we're talking like. Yeah. Big, massive thing that she actually put on some foam core and then hung up in her room. 
and it was there for years. She listened to the soundtrack constantly. I still can't hear For the Beauty of the Earth without <laughs> retching a little bit because, like... Oh, and see, I just sit there grinning in yeah, church thinking see, about the sisters yeah, all twirling in a circle well, around Meg and John. Well, it's, well that's exactly... That, like, that song, I'm like... And my sister, she took a few piano lessons, but it was mostly so she could learn how to play that on the piano, so that was the one song she knew how to play on the piano. So, yeah. like... For me, like, I don't, I'm not saying, like, I hate Little Women. I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying that at all. It just, I, it, when did it come out? 94, you said? So yeah. I would have been, like, Six? gosh, seven <laughs> when it came out on VHS or something so like that. So that wasn't your jam. So I was just like, eh, this is gross. I want to play video games. And, like, <laughs> and, yeah, the way, it, like, she rented it, like, every week from the video store until we finally bought it or whatever. <laughs> and then, so, like... We would come home. She's like, "I want to watch Little Women." I'm like, "Yeah, we go play video games." And I go upstairs <laughs> to my video game, and but I'd still have to hear the the music of the movie playing and all this kind of stuff. So, so it's like I have I have memories of Little Women that I'm just like, "This is gross. This is girl stuff." So, but I mean, this looks very intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, a little bit more, maybe more nuanced kind of um, look at stuff. It won't have Christian Bale in it. <laughs> so that's a plus, I guess. I don't know. Are you Team Lori or Team Bear? Uh, team I Bear. don't know what those words mean. So <laughs> I can't remember his first name, Professor Bear. Friedrich. Thank you. Oh, I don't know. I, but I'm always pro Friedrichs, so... Um, Are you? What? <laughs> anyway. Um... I, I don't know what that means. Well, <laughs> never mind. The, the is I never, <laughs> should I never, Joe have ended up with Laurie? Well, I never, made it, should... I never made it past the time jump in the movie. Oh. Like, I was so you always, missed all of these things. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I would sit... after the time jump. They'd be, they'd be like, hey, sit down and watch this. And I'd be like, this is so boring! And they're like... So then by the time it was the time jump, I was already off doing something else. So, uh, yeah. I, all right, well... Yeah. I mean, look, but that's we're gonna, we're gonna have good. to change this. Well, sure. I mean, I'm and so I'm older now. I can handle it. I won't think the movie has cooties or anything like that. But that's just like that, that's been my experience a little bit. We're gonna we're before. gonna have to watch it, and you're not allowed to riff on it. That's the thing. I, have I told you about trying to watch Anna Green Gables with this man? Oh no! Don't ruin Anna Green Gables. Yeah, no, he I did. did. Well, that he was kept another one. Matthew Cuthbert a drunk. Well, that was the other one yeah. that that my Matthew? sister. <laughs> I ended Sorry. up having to tell him to shut up and go away. That was another one that my sister watched all the time, and so it's like, yeah, this is for you. this is for girls, and so yeah, and I got yelled at. So that's the thing. I feel like every guy every time, like every guy in my life who likes movies seems uninterested in little women yeah. and it really bumps me out because i well, think it's gonna be a really great movie but that's it's the not thing, just this, for girls this, this does look really good and i mean that was of course the style of filmmaking it was like this movie is for girls type yeah. of like so and it wasn't aimed at me and all this kind of stuff but this one does look much more interesting it doesn't look like it's gonna be only for women type of thing like oh. not that there's gonna be like car chases or anything like that but there but it does look like it's gonna be a little bit more like thoughtful I mean, obviously Greta Gerwig's very thoughtful in her kind of portrayals of characters and stuff like that. So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing, and that's yeah. I am looking forward to seeing it. So it's gonna be so good. Anyway. I'm very excited. My mom and I will probably go <laughs> and enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, the other trailer that we wanted to talk about, just really quickly, hopefully, oh, is gosh. Last Christmas oh, with Amelia Clark 
and Emma Thompson, and uh, oh gosh, why am I There thinking? are multiple movies this year that on paper feel like a thing that I'm going to love, and this is one of them, although after seeing the trailer, I'm a little skeptical, <laughs> but this is written by Emma Thompson, starring Emma Thompson. Right. It's a rom-com. Uh, the leads are Emily Clark and Henry Golding. Yeah. Henry Golding. That's the name I was blanking on. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it is, it's wonderful. directed by Paul Feig. Oh, no, not Paul Feig. He's isn't pro- producing. He's producing. Yeah. Or no. Well, his name was in the trailer. I know his that. His name was in the trailer. Oh yeah, he is directing it. I was looking at something else. Apparently, he is directing it. Emma Thompson sent him the screenplay and wanted him to do it. He was like, "Well, it's not every day you get a screenplay from Academy Award-winning <laughs> Emma Thompson. Like, <laughs> guess we better do this." Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. I do like Paul Feig um, for the most part. Um, so I'm excited to see that this does look I, don't, I hate the song last Christmas so <laughs> I love this song I do too it's not a Christmas Especially song it's not it's not a Christmas song people <laughs> it's not um, a Christmas song the big like buzz around this though is that everyone saw the trailer and even I we just watched it all together and even Andrew reacted this way that everyone has like theories on a big twist because it feels in the trailer like it's set up for a twist um so Andrew said oh is Henry Golding a ghost so like that's no I think he's imaginary or is imaginary a lot of people think he's a ghost some people think he's like a guardian angel um, the movie is based on the song Last Christmas, which is, of course, Last Christmas I Gave You My Heart. So a lot of people think this is, like, Return to Me, like Henry Golding oh. is, like, a ghost of the donor that, like, Amelia Clark now has his heart. Uh, yeah. What? That would be so cool! <laughs> yeah. okay. Alright, that makes sense. So... That, yeah, okay, that tracks. That's my new yeah. theory. I, I like that one. That's a good theory. That's a good theory. Cool. We'll see what happens. So basically, what sorry that we've now spoiled it all, but like it's been all over it. Twitter. Yeah. Okay. No one knows for sure, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it comes out in November, but yeah, 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 and it's featuring the music of George Michael. <laughs> um, so last Christmas the... is definitely going to be in there, even though I hate that song. Are but the characters just going to? Faith is a banger, and I will always dance to that. So. Is, does this also include the music of Wham? Are we going to get some Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go? <laughs> I mean, like, Clark just wakes up so. and starts singing to Henry Golding. I hope so. Unless he's a ghost. I like that as a plan, though. Well, <laughs> cool. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> All right. Sweet. Nice little mystery. Um, cool. So let's talk about teen movies of 1999. Um, is there anything that we want to talk about with First Exposures? <laughs> we were alive in 1999. Or s- the, on Google, smart houses included. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. I guess. I that guess was I saw that. I definitely grew up on. But anyway. Yeah. Um, I actually I don't know how or why, but somehow my mom bought She's All That on VHS, and me being like an adolescent, and I got obsessed with that movie for a short period of time, and I was just like watching it a lot. 
And there was a trailer for Never Been Kissed, and I was like, I want to see that. And my mom was like, I'm not buying any more of these type of movies. <laughs> so, yeah. You were mostly watching it for Kieran Culkin, weren't you? Was that... that was definitely not who I was watching I was for. really delighted was... when he popped up. I watched it for the first time yeah. <laughs> for this show, and I was really happy you when he popped up. I don't, I'm sure it's one that I've seen parts of, but I've never seen it all the way through. Okay. So interesting. Yeah. yeah, I definitely watched it for Freddie Prince. Prince. Is that the one that Elvin yeah. Henson's in as well? He's in... Who? Um, Foggy Nelson. Oh from, yeah, yeah, from Daredevil. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's in, in it. it, right? Yeah. Okay. He's the best I friend. I don't want to say gay best friend because I don't think he is gay in the movie, but he's just kind of there and exists solely to support the main character. So. I know, I know him mm-hmm. as one of the Bash Brothers from the Mighty Ducks. So. That's right. Yeah. Sweet. Yes. Cool. <laughs> I'm an Elvin Henson fan over here, so. <laughs> Let's talk about some of these movies. So, um, there were a lot of teen movies from that year, but we're going to focus on three. Um, yeah. Cool. Where do we want to start? Well, Where can you? Like, you I, know I guess... What? I'll, I can start with She's All That. I, well, I mean, like, as far as 1999 teen movies go, I mean, there were, like... A, a bajillion of them is a rough estimate. Yeah. But the ones that, like, ones that came out that were also, like... Big. Very big, but we're not talking about this week. Maybe we'll talk about them at another time. But like American Pie, Varsity Blues, um, Never Been Kissed, like you said. American Beauty also came out that year. Uh, yes, American Beauty, uh, The Virgin Suicides, Election is one that we're not talking about, but is yeah. is pretty big. Driving Drive crazy. crazy. Dick also. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean there were a lot. So um, yeah, we. There were a lot. It was kind of it was it was somehow easy, but also hard to choose which ones to do. Yeah, it was like there's so many, but then where do you start? So well, and you were saying too before we started recording how these are kind of almost bucketed into. I mean, they're like PG thirteen ones that are kind of like sweet, and so like she's all that and ten things I hate about you. I feel like kind of fall into that along mm-hmm. with driving me crazy. And they're like they're like teen versions of rom coms. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, and then you have like Cruel Intentions, American Pie, and Election that are all like the rated R fair. Yes. Um, getting it I, with different levels of <laughs> crazy mm-hmm. i would not put election and chrome tensions in exactly the same bucket they're in the but... same stratosphere ish <laughs> yeah i also wouldn't put varsity blues in there but it's definitely not one of those light-hearted like fun teen comedies like yeah. it's more on the drama side than anything mm-hmm. um so yeah but you get and, kind of this and wide... yeah, there, there were also like teen dramas like october sky Instance. Yeah, so you get kind of this like wide <laughs> kind of scope of, of of what it meant to be an American teenager yeah. in the nineties, yeah. um, which is kind of an interesting kind of cross section mm-hmm. in the film industry and everything because they're like not only were there a lot of teen comedies, but there's a lot of variety in them that kind of gave you a different perspective mm-hmm. on, on everything, which is kind of interesting. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And doesn't it feel like now I'm trying to figure out when. Buffy started, but it seems like with all of these movies, it's like teen TV stars crossing over into movies because you have Sarah Michelle Gellar and Cruel Intentions, James mm-hmm. Vanderbeek, 
in Varsity Blues, Katie Holmes and teaching Mrs. Stingle. Was Rachel Lee um, Cook a TV star before she's all that? I thought so, yeah. but now I can't, I can't find remember. out what she's in. Um, but yeah, Katie Holmes and James Vanderbeek, obviously popular from Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Pacey is also in Cruel Intentions. Um, mm-hmm. So, again and again, I was like, oh, okay, like, it's... Oh, and... um. Melissa Joan Hart, them from oh, Sabrina, yeah. and so it's like, oh yeah, like here's everyone who was really hot at the time. Rachel Lee <laughs> Cook had been in a few TV movies, but she wasn't in like a TV show. But she right. was, she had been in other films. She was. That's right. She was in Huck and Finn. She was in Tom <laughs> and Huck. <laughs> Tom and Huck. That's yeah. What it she is. was Becky Huck Thatcher and in Tom and Huck. <laughs> that's right. Um, so she'd been in some other. She wasn't necessarily like. She was in Dawson's Creek for a little bit in 1999, but that was the same year that she's all that came out. So. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so just kind of looking through the list, I don't know, it's an interesting period of time. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, here yeah. are all the hot teens and TV and movies. Yeah. Cool. Well, which one do we want to talk about first of the three that we're doing? So we decided to talk about um, She's All That, 10 Things I Hate About You, and Cruel Intentions. So, where do we want to start? Start with She's All That. Okay, I will start with She's All That, and then maybe we can do Cruel Intentions, and then we can, yeah. like, put it in, like, a like a positive sandwich and have 10 things I hate about you. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Cruel Intentions was easily my favorite of these three. Well, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, um, anyway, so, yeah, She's All That. So, She's All That is about, um, oh, gosh, I'm going to struggle. I know this movie, like, inside and out, but I'm going to struggle remembering character names. Um, Just call them by their actors' names. That's what okay, I do. Cool. And it's great. Yeah, so uh, Rachel Lee Cook is the main character. She's like a, I wouldn't say nerdy, but like not cool person in her high school. She's an artist. Um, she plays Lainey. Lainey, Lainey. thank yeah. you. Yes. <laughs> so she plays Lainey. Um, she's got a younger brother, played by Kieran Culkin. Um, and you can, or very early in the movie, we kind of see a glimpse into their home life. Their dad is a pool guy. Um, so they're like not super well off, but you know, they're, they're doing okay. But the main thing going on with their family is that her mom has passed away. So we can see her, she kind of like gets her brother up for school. She's making breakfast. Like she's kind of stepped into this mother role in the family, which is, you know, a lot for a teenager. Um, so she gets to school and we are introduced to her best friend, um, who I is I don't know the actor name or the character name. Uh oh. Oh, it's Foggy Nelson. I'm trying Jesse. Jesse. Elden Nelson. Yeah. So Jesse. Sorry, I just said it was a Sorry. Yeah. So we we meet Jesse, um, and we kind of are also simultaneously introduced to the cool kids at the school. So we have Zach, played by Freddie Prince Jr., um, and he's like, like a jock kind of guy. Um, I don't know, like. He's cool, and he wears a cool, not Letterman's jacket, but kind of that style. So, jock. Um, and then he's got his friends. Do you ever um, see him do anything jockey? Or is he just, like, cool? I think at one point he throws a football. <laughs> 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 so, is yeah. this thing soccer, too? Am I getting my movies mixed That's up? That's right. He's a... Wait. No, isn't that, isn't that She's All That? The whole basis of that movie is soccer. She's all that is what we're talking about. Sorry, she's the man. Uh, sorry. Yeah, she's Maybe the man. Maybe I am getting all the team ones confused. I think he is a soccer 
player because he so. bounces the hacky sack at one point. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. With his uh, abstract yeah. art. Thing. We'll get yes! there. We'll get okay. there. Yes. That's right. Soccer. Yes, that's He's definitely right. going to go soccer. with soccer. That's right. um, so yeah, um, then we're introduced to his two buddies, so played by Paul Walker and Dulé Hill. Dean and Preston. Dean and Preston. Dean is plays a much bigger role than Preston does, unfortunately, yes. because Dulé Hill is awesome. Yes. Um, and then he, his girlfriend is Taylor, and she's like the cool girl in the school. She comes, she, well, they're fresh off of spring break, and she breaks up with him, like, super casually, and he's just like, what the heck? And he's kind of devastated. Paul Walker being the total a-hole that he is, is, like, laughing. Well, can we say why, Taylor? Oh, yeah, because she, <laughs> on spring break, she had, um, she had a fling with Matthew Lillard, who's, uh, like, a reality show star. On the, on the, real, on the world. real world. He's on the real world. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, she had a thing with with Matthew Lillard and uh, so she's like yeah I'm breaking up and she has like a tattoo now and she's like so so cool and above him um, but she still wants to be prom queen even though she's telling everybody like I'm so over high school um, but she wants to be prom queen because she's like it's a family thing like I'm a freaking legacy um, anyway so he's devastated um, then they're talking about um, like he and his buddies are talking he's like you know what, like, I don't need her. I could get with any girl in this school. And Paul Walker's like, oh, yeah, like, any girl, really? He's like, yeah, any girl would be lucky to have me. Like, it doesn't matter who she is because, like, I'm so cool that basically, you know. And he can make any girl into prom queen. Yeah, he can make any girl into prom queen. So they make this bet um, that, and Paul Walker's basically like, I'm going to pick the girl, and you have to make her into the prom queen. Like, you have to get her elected as prom queen. Um, and so he ends up picking Lainey because Lainey, um, as we see at school, she is not only uncool, she's very cold and mean. Well, not, it's, uh, it's also after like a super doesn't hold up well montage yeah. of girls that like Paul oh, yeah. Walker is like, it's like, oh, and then we have, and like one, I remember one of them was like, this is Bertha or something. She likes World War Two or something. And they're just like, ugh. Like, it's like, this, it's like this parade of girls that, like, they're kind of, like, showing, like... Yeah. There's uh, one girl who's, like, picking her bum crack. Yeah. Um, like it's just, like, just watching that, it's like, oh, wow, that yeah. is... Woo! Yeah, it, it's not great. Um, also, at some point, we're going to have to count up how many teen movies involve, <laughs> like, winning someone over because of a bet. Yeah. Or paying someone to take someone out. Yeah. Ella, yeah. 10 Things I Hate About You. <laughs> yes. Well, that's I, what... That, that's... Kind of. Yeah. Well, that, yes, that's there's what, a lot of them. Yeah. But it's stuff like that that allowed... Um, what was the one that we that you just love watched? Love Don't Cost a Thing. No. The one that just came out on Netflix. Can't Find Me Love. To all the boys who... Tell the boys I've loved before. It's yeah. it's stuff that it's these comedies that allow stuff like that to really like yeah. take well, those things. Betting on, on romance. Thing, so. Yeah, totally. Um, cool. So they ended up picking Lainey because she's like super cold and like remote. So Zach goes up and tries to talk to her, and she instantly is just like, "Get away from me!" and walks away. And he's just like, "What?" Um, so he's not a hundred percent sure what to do about that. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly how the plot progresses from there, but basically, um, he keeps trying to like be friends with her, and she's she's very put off by that. So he finds out that she's interested in art. I think Eldon and, Eldon Henson kind of like gives him the clue. Yeah. Um. So her friend Jesse kind of clues him in, and he goes to this place where she works. Um. Basically, it's a like performance art. 
so she's participating in this performance art bit. Um, and he goes and he's clearly just like, this is really bizarre and strange. <laughs> um, so then at the end, um, she, she knows that he's there and she's, she wants to embarrass him. So she tells the guy um, running the show, like, oh, yeah, we have somebody new and he's here and you should, like, call on him. So he calls on Zach to come up and, like, share his art. And Zach is just like, uh... So he happens to have a hacky sack in his pocket. <laughs> so he takes it out he starts bouncing it and he's like, can't let it drop, can't let it drop. But then it turns into this and they, like, put these, like, swirling lights on him. <laughs> so it becomes this whole thing. But it becomes this... It actually becomes, like, a really meaningful thing where he's talking about, like, basically the hacky sack is his persona and, like, this well, and the face, pressures. And the pressures yeah. that he faces because his dad wants him to go to, like, this specific college and he's not sure what he wants to do with his life, you know, typical teen stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, but he feels all this pressure. So the hacky sack is, like, the persona, the, the face that he presents to the world and eventually the hacky sack drops and he says, sooner or later... Like, it has to drop. And it becomes this... I actually really, like... <laughs> as an adult now, I'm just like, oh, that's so great! Hacky <laughs> anyway. sacks really do explain things about life. But it's funny because he... Thanks, Freddie. He's totally just, like, making it up as he goes along, but Lainey's watching this and going, that was actually really deep. It gives me a lot of insight into who he is. So afterward, like, they leave, and she's kind of, like, talking to him, like, okay, okay. Um, and then he tries to put a, like, he put a move on her where he's like, I just never noticed, like, how beautiful your eyes are. And she's like, really? My eyes? How beautiful my eyes are? Are you kidding? And so she leaves. Boo on you, sir. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah. So meantime, um, her brother, Simon, played by Karen Colgan, he's having a hard time at school. He gets bullied. Um, so Zach is, uh, he comes over to her house because she said that she can't, like, hang out with him because... She has to clean the house or something. So he comes over and... Or no. This is actually before that. So he comes over and he's like befriending her brother. And she's like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm just hanging out with my with my man Simon. And he's like, unless you know, you'd rather go to the beach with me. And she's like, I'm not going to go to the beach with you. And he goes, cool, then I'm just going to spend all day here hanging out with your brother. So she agrees to go to the beach with him. Uh, they get there and some of his friends show up. And um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because... You would think, like, the cool girls would instantly just be like, she's not one of us, you know. But actually, most of the girls are pretty nice to her. They're like, hey, like, we've never hung out before. Let's mm-hmm. let's get to know each other a bit. Anyway, so uh, they play volleyball, and it's all very teeny. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yep. Uh, so then... A lot less homoeroticism than Top Gun's volleyball team <laughs> as well, True. so... Uh, so then Zach uh, persuades her to go to a party at uh, his friend Preston's house, Um and he brings his sister over to kind of give her a Anna Paquin. Well, this is the part where she says, I, I can't because I have to clean my house. That's right. But then he has the whole soccer team. He has the whole soccer team. Clean the house. And team. one of them is Milo Ventimiglia. That's what? Yes. Oh, really? oh my gosh. Really? I, I was he has not one speaking line <laughs> in it, but he shows up and I was very excited. Oh my god. This is two years before Gilmore Girls started. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to watch it again now. Um, but yeah, so the Jamie soccer team is cleaning the house, um, and his sister gives her a makeover. So her sis- his sister Anna Paquin. Anna Paquin. Woo! So like <laughs> takes off her oh, glasses, plucks her eyebrows, <laughs> gives her a cute dress. And she's like, yeah, you're really pretty, but you're like not like showing it 
very well. So she is. This, is this the down the stairs? Yeah, and then we six have pence, the beautiful the dance. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> six pence on the richers. Kiss me, plays, and she comes down the stairs real slow. And there's this moment where he's like looking at her and she's going, "Oh my gosh, she's beautiful." Like I never noticed really. Um, you wonder why yeah. when I went to my first prom, all my friends made me walk down my staircase <laughs> when my date got there. Yeah, <sighs> it's movies like these that yep. set up that trope. Well, and, and Rachel Lee Cook has become like super like associated with "Kiss Me" from Sixpence on the yeah. Richer, and she she actually I saw an interview with her where she really embraces it. She's like, yeah. I think it's really cool. Yeah. So it's like I'm it's glad. It's a good that song. It is. It's a yeah. great song. Well, I'm glad that she embraced because like a lot of people would be like, ugh. But she like embraces it and is cool with it and stuff. So, um, so anyway, so they go to this party and Taylor is there with Matthew Lillard, who kind of makes a fool of himself. So she's feeling embarrassed, and then she notices that Lainey is there with Zach. So she gets really jealous and defensive, and so she goes and like spills like her drink all over Lainey. Um, and actually, there's this great moment because earlier there were these two girls who were like in the art program at the school who basically told her like you should kill yourself because. Like, your art's really good, but nobody's going to notice unless you kill yourself. I think that could They're really jerks. work for you. Yikes. Yeah, it's bad. Um, so yeah. she goes to the party, and one of them is, like, super drunk in the to- like in the bathroom and passes out, and she, like, kind of takes a little bit of revenge and uses the girl's makeup to, like, make her look like a clown. Um, but anyway, so she's downstairs. Uh, Taylor spills her drink on her. And I actually really love this moment because Lainey, like, she doesn't – break down in front of everybody she's just kind of like thank you thank you for reminding me like why I don't associate with people like you and then she runs out and then she does break down and Zach goes after her and we see that they are starting to develop like real affection for each other then like the next day of school after the party they go and Lainey's been nominated for prom queen Mm. and um (laughs) yeah and so Taylor is starting to get really defensive and there's this whole like Basically, the two of them are going to be facing off. Um, then uh, Brock, the Matthew, Matthew Lillard, Lillard, he breaks up with her. Brock, the Matthew Lillard. At the party, too, he dances like an idiot. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. so dumb. He's so dumb. He's the worst. Um, yeah. So, in the meantime, though, so Taylor is now trying to get back together with Zach. Because she's like, come on, like, we belong together, clearly. Like, we're going to be the prom king and queen. Like, we should be together. So stupid. Um... <laughs> In the meantime, so Lainey's kind of had this makeover now, and um, Dean, Paul Walker, is starting to be attracted to her. And to Lainey, right? To Lainey, yeah. So, and he wants to basically, like, have sex with her, but he's not interested in a relationship with her. He just wants to use her, basically. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Dean tries to ask her to prom, um, and Zach's like, what the heck? And... She's like, well, you haven't asked me to prom. And he's like, well, I thought we were going to go together. And then Dean kind of uh, exposes the whole bet situation. He goes, this is this is enough. I have, I have real feelings for this girl. And, like, you're just doing this because of a bet that we made. And he's like, yeah, Lainey was so stupid. He thought that he could make any girl the prom queen. And she's like, oh, so that's that's <sighs> what this is. And, and he says yes because ultimately, like, that is why he – started to take an interest in her but it's a stupid teen moment where he's just like well yeah but he doesn't say but But i love you (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah so laney runs out um she's not gonna go to prom um and then her dad kind of 
convinces her, and Dean shows up at her house. Actually, her, her so he dad. comes down, he, he, like, she's in the basement, and he's her dad is having this, like, talk with her. And he's like, so why aren't you going to prom? She goes, oh, I don't, I don't want to do that. And uh, Her dad, Kevin Pollock, one of the all-time great that guys yep. of, <laughs> of moviedom. I mean, I love, I, 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 that sounds a little mean, but I love Kevin Pollock. Yeah. I, I love it every time he's in a film, so. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he's like, oh, there's this really nice guy in a tux, like, upstairs waiting for you. And you're like, is it Freddie Prince? It's not. It's Paul. It's, uh, Dean. It's Paul Walker. Paul Walker. Hmm. And so he's like, hey, like, I just figured, I didn't ask anybody else on the chance that you would still go with me. And so. How romantic. So romantic. So she goes upstairs and puts on a dress and they yeah. go to the prom. And, um, Freddie Prince takes his sister. But Taylor... The ex-girlfriend assumes that they're going together, so she waits for him, and then he doesn't show up, and she's mad. She's also in, like, all gold. Yeah. <laughs> like she has gold <laughs> sparkles in her hair and gold lipstick uh-huh. and a gold dress. Yeah. She looks ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they go to the prom. They have one of the weirdest and, like, awesomest choreographed dance scenes. Oh, like, I'm sorry. You're skipping over the, who the DJ is. <laughs> it's Usher. Oh, that's right. How Usher. big was Usher at the time? I don't know. I don't think he was early. that big yet. Yeah. yeah. So it was pretty well, early Usher. But, uh, yeah, and he's Usher, also like, Usher. he's like the kid who announces what? the school announcements and stuff. I don't know. Well, he, so he had released an, an album in 1997. So like, okay, so and another one in 1999. So he, like, and in 94. So he'd been a thing, but he wasn't okay. like, he I mean, he wasn't sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Confessions came out in 2004, and that's really what kind of threw him into the stratosphere. But he had released some albums before that as well. <laughs> yep. So, uh, anyways, they have this like choreographed dancing, um, and then uh, basically Taylor and Zach wind up being the prom king and queen. So Lainey loses. So she's like, all right, and. Paul Walker's like, hey, you want to get out of here? So they start leaving. But before they they leave, um, Paul Walker's actually in the bathroom bragging to a bunch of guys about how he got a hotel room and how he and he's going to like get down with Lainey that night, basically. So her friend Jessie's in the bathroom and overhears this, runs and tells Zach's sister. She then tells Zach. But by the time Zach finds out, they've already left. So he starts like driving around L.A., like calling every major hotel, trying to figure out where they are. And he can't do it, so he goes back to Lainey's house. And uh, she ends up getting home and finding him there. And he's like, hey, um, Jesse heard that, like, what he was going to try to do to you. And she goes, oh, yeah, about that. And she pulls out of her little clutch. She's got this big air horn. She goes, yeah, this thing is really loud, and I I pressed it right next to his ear. (laughs) So... (laughs) She managed to, like, help herself out of that situation, which is great. She deafened that um, guy, which is pretty cool. Totally <laughs> that guy. Um, so, yeah. anyway, so then they have this moment where they're in the backyard, and they're dancing, and they kind of, like, make up. Um, it's also great, I think I kind of glossed over this, but Zach is struggling with uh, figuring out, like, what he wants to do with his life, where he wants to go to college, like, what his plans are. So she's kind of been encouraging him to figure that out and, like, make the most of the the uh, privileges that he has in his life. Um, so anyway, so then cut to graduation and Zach has lost the bet. And so the result is he has to walk at graduation naked. Um, we also see Paul Walker and they call his name. And she's like, what? <laughs> so yeah, 
He is definitely deafened. <laughs> oh yeah, look at that. Look at that here. Milo Mint- Milo Fent- I always say Milo Mintiviglia for some reason. Milo Mintiviglia as soccer as soccer player and Sarah Michelle Geller as girl in cafeteria. Yes, uncredited. So this is. I also saw Sarah Michelle Geller in it and was like, okay, when did they start dating? They have been married so long. Her and yes. Freddie Prinze Jr. They started dating the year after this, technically, but they had been in. I know what you did last summer. Was that it? Uh, before I that. So, yeah. so they were already like a little bit of a thing. Mm-hmm. That's very cute. Yep. Cool. Well, that's She's All That. Yay. I feel like I didn't do it justice. It's really good. And I love it. It's cute. There are parts that don't hold up, but I still love it. Cool. Let's talk about Cruel Intention, <laughs> Shannon. So speaking uh, of Sarah Michelle Gellar, she makes this movie. Sarah Michelle Gellar is so good. Um, okay, this this movie is such a delight um, and so ridiculous. <laughs> I will definitely watch it again. It is wonderful. Um, so we start with Sebastian, who's played by Ryan Phillippe, who I honestly have wondered... I've always thought, oh, Reese Witherspoon was totally winning when she was married to him. But in this movie, I'm like, oh, okay, now I get it. He's very hot. Um, So he plays Sebastian. um, And he's talking to, it opens with him talking to his therapist. And he's talking about, like, how he has sex with all these women and how he's trying to get over his sexual urges and whatnot. And he... um, He's talking to the therapist and then says, oh, no, you've helped me out. I feel like I'm now cured and I can, like, get over this. Um, and I come to find out, like, he's been lying. The whole thing with Sebastian is that he he's kind of the um, Chuck Bass before Gossip Girl is a thing. Like, he sleeps with all the girls. Um, but so, you know, he leaves the therapist and she's thinking, oh, this idiot kid, but, like, he thinks he's cured or whatever. She gets a call from her daughter who's played by Tara Reid. So, again, she's an American Pie, too. So, mm-hmm. same teens in all these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the therapist's daughter um, is saying, oh, my boyfriend broke up with me. She's really distraught and in tears. And she said, and my boyfriend posted these uh, nude pictures of me on the internet. And turns out the boyfriend was Sebastian. And he only kept going to the therapist to, like, hook up with the daughter and kind of get revenge then on the therapist for thinking she knows everything about him. So that's kind of a, um, Sebastian keeps doing this, like (laughs) sleeping around to get revenge on people, which is the theme of this movie pretty much. Um, So then we go to Catherine, who's played by Sarah Michelle Gellar. Um, She's chatting with uh, Cecile and her mother, Cecile played by Selma Blair. She's this girl that, I can't remember if she's, like, new in town or something, but the mother um, really looks up to Catherine and says, or, like, admires Catherine and wants Cecile to, like, get some of her good influence, Um, because Catherine appears as if she's this, like, model student. Um, She's like, oh, yeah, I'll take Cecile under my wing. Um, And then as soon as they leave, we realize, so Catherine's kind of buttoned up. She unbuttons her jacket a little bit. So she's wearing this, like, corset thing. And then she pulls, she's been saying, she says something about, like, oh, every time I'm stressed, I just think of God. Or she has this crucifix. But once the mom and Cecile leave, she, like, pulls out part of the crucifix and it's got cocaine on it. She snorts (laughs) the cocaine. Um, So she's not really the goody-two-shoes she appears to be. 
Um, so it turns out that again, revenge, um, she, the reason that she's like taken Cecile under her wing is because, so Catherine was dating Court Reynolds, um, and then Court decides he's going to dump Catherine because he's now interested in Cecile. So it's a matter of like keeping your friends close, but your enemies closer. Mm -hmm. Um, then Sebastian comes back to the house. So Catherine and Sebastian are uh, step siblings. Um, and Catherine talks to Sebastian and is like, I need your help to get revenge on Court. And she kind of wants him to like help seduce Cecile and make Court all upset. Um, Sebastian's not super into that. I think partly because he doesn't think it's enough of a challenge for him. Because Cecile is really dumb <laughs> throughout this whole thing, which is mean. But like, and Selma Blair plays it so well. Like she is just completely oblivious this whole movie um instead what sebastian wants to do because he thinks he can sleep with any girl he wants um there's this girl that's moving into town annette who's played by reese witherspoon um she's the daughter of the new headmaster of their prep school um and she's written a manifesto in 17 magazine about how she's not going to lose her virginity until she gets married and so for sebastian this is the ultimate challenge mm -hmm. um and so he and Catherine decide to make a wager. Um, so Sebastian is supposed to bed Annette. Um, if he can't do it, then he has to give Catherine his Jaguar. Um, and then, but if Sebastian succeeds, so these two are step-siblings. They're not related by blood, um, but would still be pretty... It feels, weird. it feels weird that, you're, that you have to specify that before you get into what it is, but that's... So the <laughs> um, Catherine realizes that Sebastian, like, always wants what he can't have, right? So he really wants to sleep with Catherine, but it would be taboo for him to sleep with his step-sibling. So Catherine says if you win the bet... Um, <laughs> The way she puts it is really inappropriate, so I'll avoid that. But basically, Catherine will sleep with him if he wins this bet. Um, so we got that whole setup. Um, going back to... So Cecile, um, we've got Court... Like, Catherine's ex is interested in her, but Cecile is actually interested in her music teacher, Ronald. So she's got this, you know... Um, he's, like, about her age, but he's teaching her the cello and... Of course, Cecile's dumb and isn't getting it, but then Ronald comes and, like, puts his arms around her and is helping her play the cello, and <laughs> she's, like, all into it and really smitten with him. Um, so Catherine's, like, trying to push that to happen. Um, I, as part of it, like, she's talking to Cecile about, like, oh, well, you're so interested in Ronald's, and they're, like, in the park or something, like, having a picnic, or I don't know what's going on, but... Um, Catherine, as Cecile's mentor, decides I get, like, she needs to teach her how to kiss, or it comes up that Cecile's never kissed anyone, and she's like, Catherine says, well, you've never practiced with one of your girlfriends before, um, and this leads to probably the most famous scene in this movie where, like, the two of them start making out. Um, yeah, so moving back to Sebastian's. Um, storyline. So he, Annette, um, has come into town and he's staying with like an aunt or someone that Sebastian knows. But anyway, so he's also kind of staying over there so that he can try to woo Annette. Um, Annette rejects Sebastian's advances like right off because and reveals that someone sent her a letter kind of saying, oh, Sebastian has this reputation of just sleeping around with everyone and he's just gonna try to sleep with you too. So Ned's really against that. 
So Sebastian um, goes to, you know, a fellow student of his, Blaine, um, who's played by uh, Joshua Jackson of mm. Dawson's Creek fame. <laughs> and Mighty Ducks fame. It's oh, all really? about the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Good old Pacey. Anyway. Wow, um, so both of the, both of the, like, Best guys, friend characters. Yeah, best friend characters. Mighty, Mighty Ducks. Ducks. Oh, interesting. Um, so Sebastian's talking to Blaine and is like, how did this, who did this? Who sent this letter to Annette and like is ruining my bet? Um, and Blaine says, well, so Blaine is gay and is comfortable with that. Or I don't know if he's quite out, but he's like, he's comfortable with it. But there's, um, a football player at the school that like keeps, he keeps hooking up with, but the football player doesn't want it to get out that he's been hooking up with Blaine. So that kid's Greg. And so... Because they're close blames, like, well, I think that, like, Annette knew Greg, and so it's really possible that Greg um, sent this letter. Um, and so they they kind of set up this thing where Greg will come and sleep with Blaine, but then Sebastian will catch the two of them and then blackmail Greg or, like, get revenge on him for sending this letter to Annette. But it comes out that, so it wasn't Greg that did it, but instead Sebastian then blackmails Greg with this information in order to to, like, get him to go and talk to Annette and find out who actually sent the letter. Um, so it turns out, so that works, Greg goes and starts talking to Annette about it, um, and it turns out that it's Cecile's mother that sent the letter, um, and that's even earlier in the movie, You and this is, uh, Christine Bransky that plays the mother, um, mm-hmm. and she really does not like Sebastian at all. Um, so Sebastian, with this information, is now... So before, remember, he didn't really want to help with a plot against Cecile, but now he's like, well, now that her mother did this to me, I'm going to help corrupt Cecile in order to get revenge. So once again, revenge. Um, So yeah, he goes to Catherine. He's like, fine, I'll help you with this whole plot. Um, So Catherine um, tells Cecile's mother about Ronald. Um, I guess it should be noted. So Ronald's black. They're in a very, like, white upper class society and so the mother's not too happy about that and is kind of a jerk about it um so Catherine tells the mom about that and the mom's really upset and wants to break Ronald and Cecile up um and so Cecile's really upset um and so Sebastian calls Cecile and says well I have this letter from Ronald he still wants to be with you they they're yeah, always kind of plotting it to get the two together. But anyway, so um, under the guise of like him having this letter, Cecile comes to Sebastian's house. Um, and then, <laughs> it's the part I don't want to talk about. Um, he, he basically kind of seduces Cecile, but in a way that she doesn't even really know what's happening um, because she's so dumb. But I wrote down, the whole time watching this, I'm like, there are a lot of parts of this with, after the Me Too movement and all these things, like, that would not be okay. She doesn't really consent to what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but Catherine kind of talks to her about it and was like, well, you need to practice, like, sleeping with other people so that you can be more experienced for Ronald's, which is crap. But, mm-hmm. um, so, like, Cecile is now sleeping with Sebastian. Um... Sebastian, so, is still trying to win over Annette. They have some, like, cute moments together where it's always, like, they kind of, like, have a thing for each other, but Annette's really got her guard up because she knows, like, in her heart of hearts he's not a good guy. Like, it's very obvious he's not a good guy. Um, But Sebastian, like, pretends to be a really charitable person, like, tries to make himself out to be this really good guy. 
Um, and he, like, but genuinely really starts to fall in love with Annette. Um, because she's, like, Reese Witherspoon, really sweet and thoughtful and, uh, makes him happier than he's always been, like, very devious, but she can get him to laugh and be, like, more lighthearted. Um, Annette's falling for Sebastian, too, but I... They have this whole argument. Sebastian's like, I think it's really hypocritical of you that you're saying you won't, like, lose your virginity until you get married, but it's really you just want to be in love, and you're in love with me, so why won't you just sleep with me? Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, really? But um, he, they almost sleep together at one point, but then Sebastian backs out of it because he realizes, oh, like, I actually love her, and I don't want to do this to her if she really wants to remain a virgin. Um, but then... Like, the two of them realize, okay, we're in love, and so they sleep together. So, then Sebastian comes back to Catherine. This whole time, they've been, she, Catherine is always, like, doing little things to kind of remind him of the bet, I don't know, and to turn him on, but then she'll shut it down and be like, okay, not until you win the bet. Um, so, she's like, okay, now, like, have you come to collect your reward kind of thing going on? Um, but now Sebastian's genuinely in love with Annette and doesn't really want to sleep with Catherine now. Um, so Catherine, feeling jilted, is now out to ruin Sebastian um, and threatens, like, I will tell everyone what Annette did with you and ruin her reputation and call the headmaster and let him know if you don't break up with her. Um, so Sebastian goes and breaks up with her, um, and Annette's obviously really upset about it. Um, then he comes back to Catherine's like, well, great, now we can sleep together like I want the bed. And she says, no, I'm not. Like, I, you know, just have you like a puppet on strings, basically. Like, I'm just playing you, and I knew you were in love with her and wanted you to feel brokenhearted. Um, so Sebastian, like, goes back to Annette and is trying to win her back and explain everything that happened. And it's not working, but she leaves. So this whole time, Sebastian's been, like, writing about his conquests in this journal. Um, and throughout it, it's, like, clear he's really been fixated on Catherine. He's written about the bet, like, all these things. So he gives Annette the journal, and it's like, I don't want to have any secrets with you. Like, here's the whole story. So gives her the journal. Um... There's some stuff that happens with Ronald and uh, Cecile that I don't really care about. But um, I'm trying to think. She's still, they're still trying to manipulate the two of them, but they end up back together. I don't know. I guess it's Catherine messing. Oh, Catherine's been sleeping with Ronald on the side. I forgot about that whole part. So there's that. (laughs) Um, But she also tells Ronald that Sebastian and Cecile had been sleeping together. Um, anyway, so they start fighting. Hopefully I haven't missed anything. But So Ronald and Sebastian start fighting in the middle of the street um, when he's outside of Annette's apartment, still trying to get her back. Um, they're fighting. Annette has like read the journal and is kind of won back over a little bit. Um, but so she's trying to stop the fight. She's thrown into the street and there's a taxi coming. Sebastian goes to like push Annette away, out of the way of the taxi and gets hit and uh, dies. Aww. Yeah. Um, prof- they both like profess their love to each other one last time but Sebastian dies which honestly was the biggest. I'm like seriously he just dies out of nowhere getting hit by a taxi in the middle of New York. Um, 
So they're having this funeral at the prep. The, the new year at the prep school has started. They're having Sebastian's funeral now. And Catherine um, is going to get up and give this whole speech um, about Sebastian. She, I'm trying to think, like, she's in the bathroom kind of, I don't know, cleaning herself up and Annette's in there and they kind of talk but Catherine doesn't really let on that she knows exactly who Annette is and Annette doesn't say anything um but then what happens so um Catherine gets up to give this like eulogy about Sebastian but everyone starts like getting up and leaving the funeral um are they shouting it or I can't remember exactly but they're all just I think they're leaving because she's trying to say how like she was trying to set an example for him or whatever. Like, I, I was trying to be a good sister to yes. kind of show him the way, but then they're just Complete like... Complete BS. They're, they're like, I'm outie. Puppet master this whole time. And she's like, well, rude. Like, I'm giving this eulogy about my dead stepbrother. And you're all leaving. So everyone goes outside. And what's happened, so Annette printed out the journal um, that talks about, like, what a biatch uh, Catherine is and has been handing it out to everyone and everyone's read it and now knows that... Catherine is terrible. Um, and so, yeah, the principal finds the, the cocaine in the crucifix that she's been wearing. And, yeah, so her reputa- reputation is destroyed. Annette drives away in Sebastian's Jaguar. In Jaguar. Yep. <laughs> and is, like, thinking fondly of Sebastian. Hmm. There you go. So, some good twists and turns. It's just, like, that kind of schlocky, like dumb kind of thing that I really like but everyone really commits every actor in it especially Sarah Michelle Gellar yeah. so yeah it's a good time interesting you don't have to watch it because Courtney doesn't really like Sarah Michelle Gellar very much yeah that's true oh really yeah my my exposure to Sarah Michelle Gellar has been very limited but what I've seen of her I've been like she's not very good like I've watched a few episodes of Buffy and I like I get why people like Buffy and mm-hmm. I kind of like it too but I feel like that's in spite of her, <laughs> because I don't feel like she's a very good actress. But I mean, in this but the I'm, material I'm that she's given <laughs> is not good. But like, yeah, she just her commitment to it. Sure, is so good. I'm I'm happy to have my mind changed because other than thinking that she's not a very good actress and what I've seen of her, like I'm ambivalent about her. So yeah. yeah. Anyway. You should see it. I mean, all kinds of inappropriate if that's not your thing. <laughs> so, yeah. well, bear that in mind. Um, I also have to mention, though, so I looked up, um, in kind of looking up this movie, there's a Cruel Intentions 2 that takes place before the 1999 movie um, when Catherine first met Sebastian. Guess who plays Catherine? Who? Amy Adams. Nice. What? So this is totally a thing I'm going to watch now. Wow. <laughs> Nice. Doesn't that sounds wonderful? Yes. All right, Andrew, tell us all about ten things I hate about you. So it's Taming of the Shrew, but in but what if California? <laughs> I think that's kind of the Teens in or California. Seattle. It's Seattle. It's not yeah. California. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's loosely based. I'll go ahead and say on Taming of the Shrew um, from Shakespeare, mm-hmm. uh, but it's set in Seattle, um, and it stars like honestly like. 1999 was, like, breakout year for, like, a whole entire generation of actors. So this one has Julia Stiles, Heath Ledger, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Larissa Olenek, who didn't really want to do very much more. She's done some stuff. Um, There's also David Krumholtz, um, who I 
Mm-hmm. I really enjoy every time he's on stuff. I like I like I can't associate him with anything but the same. I, oh, sure. I know he's sure. in other things, but he's always Bernard to me. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt, new kid at school, and he. Padua High School. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of Shakespearean names. Are okay. In this one, because the, they don't the original one takes place in Padua. Right, and the, but and a lot of the characters also don't have last names yeah. in the play, so they're given Shakespeare adjacent names. So the two sisters, Bianca and Kat, uh, last name are Stratford, uh, which is where Shakespeare was born. Yep. Um, and then uh, Patrick, yeah, Verona is given <laughs> the last name of Verona, which is the the setting for Romeo and Juliet. Um, uh, but yeah, so here comes uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, his name is Cameron James. In the I guess is James Shakespeare adjacent. I guess my Shakespeare knowledge isn't quite deep enough to know what James has to do with it. Was that his dad's name or something? James like that? James the first. Oh, James the first. Yeah. Okay. Was sure. Patron. All right. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Cameron James. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt shows up and he's immediately like in love with Bianca, um, who's a sophomore. She's super popular, uh, but then here comes Crumholtz, um, who's like, nah, man, like she's dumb, and also uh, her dad uh, doesn't doesn't allow them to date. Like he's because he's an obstetrician who's very worried about teen pregnancy and he makes his daughters wear the pregnancy suit around the house when they like ask him to go out on a date he's like no wear this you'll see what it feels like all this kind of stuff he's great it's uh larry miller uh is who or yeah larry miller who's and he uh another one of the all-time like that that guy uh he also is the only one who made it into the short-lived 10 things i hate about you uh tv show he's the only carryover from the original cast um in there so good, good on you Larry um, uh, so yeah he doesn't allow Bianca or Kat who is a senior to date um, she is accepted to Sarah Lawrence College in New York uh, but her dad wants Kat to stay closer to home um, and Bianca wants to date uh, Joey Donner who's a rich senior who's kind of like a playboy type of thing mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff um, so Kind of, they kind of get, they get into this fight type of thing, and uh, so then the dad decides that like Bianca really wants to date, but knows that Kat doesn't want to, and she's very antisocial, um, not just with boys, but like everybody, like she, but especially men, but especially men, um, but so then he decides that um, Bianca can start dating as soon as Kat starts dating, and he knows mm. that that's probably never going to happen, so it's going to limit. Bianca's uh, dates to be almost none. Cameron wants to ask Bianca out and does so, but she's like, I'd like to go out with you, but um, I can't go out with anybody. So then she decides to start kind of manipulating Cameron because so, she really wants to date Joey. So she starts, she goes to Cameron and is like, Oh, yeah, well, I can't date until Kat starts to date, but if you find someone to date Kat, then I can start dating. She doesn't mention that she doesn't really want to date Cameron. She wants to date Joey. But she kind of uses him in that to, like, find someone. So they uh, go and find uh, Patrick Verona, who is uh, 
Heath Ledger. He's like the nineties version of a greaser. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. like a bad boy, but he's like dreamy. Yeah. yeah, he's got the long, he's got the super long hair and stuff in this one too. Like it's not super almost, long. almost Joker length, isn't it? Long? It's it's well, I wouldn't consider. Joker it's not the same. Very it's not. Don't compare him in this movie to the Joker. Okay? It's the same guy, Courtney. I know it's the same guy. We're, it's not <laughs> anything like the Joker in this uh, movie. But I've, he's in shop class, and I'm pretty sure he like drills a hole through like. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's books or something like that. Yeah, like, that's Because right. <laughs> he's just like, he's like, leave me alone. And he's like, oh, he's perfect for her because they both hate everybody. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, Patrick kind of scares him off. And, but so then, Krumholtz, uh, Michael Ekman, goes, hey, why don't we have Joey pay Patrick to go out with Kat? Because you guys both want to date Bianca. But she can't go out unless Kat does, so let's have Joey bankroll this whole thing. Another 90s trope of money being exchanged for sexual favors, I guess. I mean, it's not exactly like sexual favors, I but say it is for like. But it is kind of like for romance adjacent. Like, so I don't know. It's, it's all a little bit like, oh, wait, is this okay? Like. I mean, it's not, and that's the whole, that's the whole reason why it falls apart. Yes. So. Um. So, uh, so Patrick a deal. Uh, Patrick agrees because he's gonna get paid. Um, but Kat's like, uh, no, thank you. Um, get out of my face. Not into this. And so uh, Bianca and Cameron start like figuring out what Bianca's into to tell Patrick, so that way he can endear himself to her. So like um, poetry and stuff like that is what. Yeah, she she and, likes letters to Cleo. And so, uh, at one point, uh, Patrick gets the entire marching band to sing, which is like my favorite scene in the whole film. Um, like, what song is it that he's singing? Is it um, yes, baby. yes. So he's singing Frankie Valley with the marching band in the bleachers, <laughs> and then the security guards start chasing him around, and he was like running back and forth and while stuff. still singing. While still singing, yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, All so, I've ever wanted in a man. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so he wins. He wins. Cat over, um, and they go to a party together, and then so that means Bianca gets to go as well. Um, but then while they're at the party, it's a typical '90s teen party. Like way too much stuff is going on. Like I don't think any of those parties actually happened in the '90s, except like outside of the movies. Yeah, maybe they did. And I, I just, okay. Like, one thing I do love about this one is that it's like the mathletes or something. It's like this really small nerdy group, and they're having a party at like the teacher's house. Yeah, and everybody just crashes and it crashes and turns into, into a turns ranger. Into, like, yeah, it's pretty great. But the mathletes are like, "Oh, there's cool people here." Like, <laughs> like yes, cool. this is the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> and the teacher's freaking out the whole time. Yes. Um, yep. So Kat sees Bianca with Joey and is like, uh, what the heck? And she winds up getting, and she starts to get drunk. And so Patrick's kind of trying to take care of her. Like, hey, you're drinking. Let's not, let's not do that anymore. And uh, so then um, she tries to kiss him, but he's like, whoa, no. Which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. Like, like, he is starting to kind of start to develop feelings for her, but then, like, also recognizes that she's wasted, and so it's yeah. like, okay, that's not cool. Like, yeah. 
kind of semi-progressive for a 90s film, <laughs> I guess. Um, so then Cat uh, leaves. She's super mad. And so she she leaves. Um, so Bianca's ignoring Joseph Gordon-Levitt Cameron uh, for Joey. And so he's uh, super depressed and stuff. But then Bianca realizes that Joey is like shallow. He's in, yeah, he's he's awful, and gets a ride home with with uh, Cameron. And so then he kind of is like, hey, you know, I like you, and I'm super pissed that like I'm, I'm frustrated that you like went after this guy who sucks. And so then she kisses him, and it's like, oh, now they're together, kind of. It's the beginning of the. A Shakespearean comedy routine of everybody gets married at the end <laughs> type of thing. It's the beginning there. Um, so then uh, Joey offers to pay Patrick to take Kat to the prom so he can go with Bianca, not knowing that Patrick is developing feel, feelings for Kat and also Bianca doesn't <laughs> like oh, Joey very yeah. much. Um, so Joey offers him like a bunch of money and so he decides to do it. Um, oh, this is the marching band scene. I thought it was earlier, but it's this one. Um, and then he helps. She helps him sneak out of detention for the marching band gimmick, and they go paintballing. I think. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yeah, and then. Um, Which that movie inspired me to want to go paintballing, and I have never done it. So, just saying, Andrew. Yeah, let me try to find <laughs> a paintball arena in 2019. Let me go ahead and just. They're boop, out boop, there. Boop, boop. <laughs> Yeah, there was it's laser tag paintball combined arenas is what they are. Um, uh, so uh, the date kind of it becomes like this. We're running away from detention, but then it kind of turns like romantic type of thing. And she's he's like, hey, let's go to prom together. And she's like, prom is dumb. I don't want to go to prom. Um, I found one ten minutes away. <laughs> paintball arena. Oh, okay, Second. fine. Fine. Second. You know what? Fine. You got me. Is it paintball arena? Ten... Fine. Fine. Is it also like on the weekends? Is it a farmers market just to pay the bills? Is that... <laughs> um. So um. Let's see here. Oh yeah. So then. Uh, so yeah, she's she's not. What's that? I said it's all I've ever wanted in a man. It's we have very different <laughs> expectations. Yeah, so what? So like, but they're from the same movie, with the same guy. He's perfect. <laughs> wow. Okay. I can't. I can't compete with with the, I was with uh, at, the Joker's origin story here. I can't compete with. that. I was looking at two that I loved the series so much, and Patrick in that is the grandson of Gregory Peck. Nice. What? He's beautiful, <laughs> and I also wanted to date him. Wait, wait, so, okay, wait, wait. I have to ask some clarifying questions. So, not in the not the not, character no. is not the grandson. No, of the, the actor, actor, the actor is the who plays Patrick in the TV show. <laughs> yes, I'm the grandson of Gregory Peck. <laughs> anyway, so obviously tell me that he's we also dating. perfect. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me that before we started dating, Patrick? <laughs> I didn't want you to date me just because I'm related to Gregory Peck. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've gotten us off on this tangent. Tell us about how it all falls apart. Um, So, Bianca's also mad that that Cameron hasn't asked her for the prom, so she decides to go with Joey. Um, But the dad's like, "Uh, uh, not unless Kat goes. Um, So then Bianca confronts Kat and is like, what the heck? And Kat confesses that she actually used to date Joey when they were freshmen. And because of peer pressure, she wound up 
having sex with Joey. And, and then she he, like, regret- immediately ditched her. It, yeah, he immediately ditched her. She super regretted it. So she was like, I'm never going to do, every- do everything else everybody's doing just because. Um, and so then Bianca says, like, well, you can make your own choices. Like, you don't have to just do everything. That- you don't have to do everything that everybody's doing or nothing that everybody's doing. Like, make your own choices. So she decides that she does want to... Kat decides she does want to go to prom with Patrick. And Bianca's like, well, I'm going to go with Cameron instead of Joey. And oh. so, um, everything's going, uh, well at the prom until Bianca learns that Joey's like, ah, I'm going to have sex with Bianca tonight. <laughs> um, Just like that. teen movie trope. <laughs> <laughs> chortle, chortle, chortle. I'm the bad guy in a teen movie. Um, so then, uh, so Joey's pissed that, uh, Bianca is with Cameron, so she, so he spills the beans about the arrangement with Patrick. Um, and then, so then it crushes Kat, she leaves, um, Joey punches Cameron, uh, but then Bianca punches Joey, um, for all the crap that he's done, <laughs> like, not just for not punching, just but yeah. yeah, but all the, all the stuff with Kat and everything, and so then Bianca and Cameron kiss again, and they're, they're in love and back together, aww, uh-huh. and so... Sweet little um, baby Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, it's his Aww. little baby face. They all have baby faces, but that was because it was 20 years ago. <laughs> um, and then uh, Bianca reconciles with Kat, and is like, oh, I'm dating Cameron. And um, the dad's like, all right, you can take care of yourself. You can go to Sarah Lawrence. Like, that's fine. So then she has to write their own version of William Shakespeare's Sonnet 141. Do we get to read the poem? Um, I don't have it. Do you have I it? I have it. Okay, can I read yeah, it? go ahead. <laughs> Um, I hate the way you talk to me and the way you cut your hair. I hate the way you drive my car. I hate it when you stare. Okay, sorry. To clarify, this is the version that Kat writes. Not actual Shakespeare. Not actual. <laughs> yes, this is an actual Shakespeare. Sorry. I was like, mm. sorry, no, not. I wanted to read hers because it. Yeah, makes sorry. Me tear up. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, I hate your big dumb combat boots and the way you read my mind. I hate you so much it makes me sick. It even makes me rhyme. I hate the way you're always right. I hate it when you lie. I hate it when you make me laugh. Even worse, when you make me cry. I hate it when you're not around and the fact that you didn't call. But mostly I hate that I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. Yeah. And she's still in <laughs> And love she's with... all emotional and it's really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she, uh... So, yeah, she, he... Patrick then comes into the class with a, the a guitar that he bought with the money that Joey gave him. And uh, confesses that he's fallen in love with her, and she forgives him. And, and to clarify, the guitar is for her. It's not right. It's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's for her. Sweet guitar. It's for her because they mentioned she mentioned that she wanted to start a band when yeah. she was drunk, and so he bought her the guitar to kind of get her started and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So, um, a few things that I left out. Um, Alice and Janney. Alice and Janney um, as <laughs> the guidance counselor who's writing erotic fiction. Um, oh, I forgot that. One. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's kind of, and Kat comes in and like gives her gives her synonyms. Gives for her synonyms her for yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Because um, she's like, yeah she's always because Kat's always coming into her office and she's like Kat what am I gonna do with you and then mm-hmm. she gives her some suggestions for different names for penis and stuff like that. So um, also Daryl Mitchell is the teacher uh, the English teacher yeah um, 
and he's awesome. I love I love Daryl Mitchell. Is uh, Chastity not as big of a deal in this one? The like rival cheerleader. Yeah, Gabrielle Union's in it. She's oh, yeah. Bianca's best friend. No, she's not really in the show. She, she's a big deal. She does, she does, she <laughs> ends up dating much Joey. Plot point. <laughs> she ends up dating Joey at the end. Yeah. Okay. Um, she and she and Bianca have like a falling out. Yeah. Um, I think that's. Those are all Better. kind of the other. Um, this and she's all that are very similar now. That yeah, yeah that you're they are. That's, which, is why, which is why I wanted to do a different Summer. one, but then I didn't. Yeah. But then I all three of these much, have like bets and like backdoor yes. like romance operations, and it always falls know. apart because it's like the, the, the revelation lie. of the bet. But it always comes down to it started as the bet, but then I really fell in love. Like they all kind of start with that, which is yeah. yeah. Never been kissed is a slight like deviation from that, in that it's still the same. Kind it's of still premise, like though. there's there's deception happening, and then it, there's <clears throat> betrayal because you lied to me, and then oh, but I really I fell for you for real. Which led to although I never been kissed, it's like I fell for you for real. But now it's okay because you're not actually a minor. Because I'm not actually <laughs> under 18. Yeah. yeah. That one's a little bit more... Yeah. Yeah. teacher in there. He's super cool. And, like, David He's Arquette is cute. also pretending to be at the high school. Yeah. Even though, <laughs> to relive his yes. glory days as a baseball player. Yeah, that one's... That one's... <laughs> yikes. Anyway. Um, yeah, so they, they all kind of have to do with, like, teenagers lying to each other. <laughs> like, well, that's... What it's like It was kind of like exchanging money and lying. teenagers. Yes. Adults and, like, teenagers exchanging money and... And lies for not like explicitly sex but kind of like I want to date them but to what end type. like <laughs> it's getting yeah. paid or being bet to manipulate somebody's emotions to get what you want yes yeah. and so I, geez no wonder we're so cynical 20 years <laughs> later like yeah like, when that was what we grew up on, and it was like, this is a fun romance story. It's like, there's people betting on people's emotions. That's true. And, like, teen movies for us at that time, I mean, that was a very formative part of our yeah. our upbringing. And, like, so, yeah. This whole episode was for me to talk about how cynical we are. And, and, and so, die. like, for, for when it's such a formative part of your life, like, it kind of unintentionally sets up this expectation of, like, this is what the ultimate romance well, is. For, this is what you should be looking for. Well, Someone for, who lies to you, but then they tell you the truth. Well, for me, it made me, it made me highly skeptical, as a kid with self-esteem issues, it made me highly skeptical if anybody that, like, was either more attractive or, like, more wealthy or, like, in a different, like, social clique than I was, if they ever, like, were like, hey, what's up? I'm just like, yeah, I get lost. You're just trying to have some bet or some dumb crap. And it's like, it was deeply cynical in uh, middle school and, and high school with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, it always cracks me up with movies like this where it's always like, ooh, you have the cool kids and the rich kids. And I'm like, high school wasn't really like that. But then I think back and I'm like, but this, but they also kind of inadvertently reinforced these stereotypes. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's fraught, I guess, to <laughs> say the least. Yep. But we still enjoy them. Oh, sure. They're fun. Sure. Yep. I guess. Cool. Um, but this was the first of uh, many Julia Stiles Shakespeare films <laughs> she would go to be in. Yep. We gotta um, find a way to cover... We've done Hamlet on yeah. this show, so check that one out. But, yeah. like, there's... Every Shakespeare play is significant, so yeah, we're gonna have to. Yeah, and there are adaptations of pretty much all of them. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. and yeah, and I call them backdoor adaptations, which isn't like 
Yeah. But like the modern day adaptation. Modern day, but even some of them are modern day. Like Lion King is in a modern day. (laughs) Yeah. Quote unquote. That's true. But like a stretch compared to the other ones, though. That's true. Lion King is a bit more. I mean, it is Hamlet, but yeah. I don't know. The other ones are a lot more like. Like, Ten Things I Hate About You stretches the adaptation a little bit, but, like, She's the Man is pretty, pretty close to the play. Just modern day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And people aren't stuck on an island. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> Wait. No, that's a different one. That's The Tempest. So, yeah. Oh, is that not also Tulsa? No. Okay. No. Well, all right. Fine. No. <laughs> but there is a shipwreck in that one, which is... Probably where you're getting that from. That is where I'm getting that from. (laughs) Anyway. Cool. Well, sweet. I think that's going to wrap it up for this time. So uh, if you're not following us already, check us out on Twitter at PC Footnotes or on Facebook, Pop Culture Footnotes. And check out our website, popculture-footnotes.com. Cool. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.